0: This is hockey coverage on ESPN Utica Rome. This is the SportsZilla Show. Here's Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt. Matt Page Rain and Scoop in the studio here on the SportZilla show ESPN Utica Rome on a daylight savings time Sunday afternoon. So it's twelve thirty-five but it's actually like 11.35 as far as our bodies are concerned. So we've got coffee. So we've only been here for a half hour then, right? That's what it feels like. So we've got coffee, and I think that Rick Daliwal has coffee as well. Are you good to go (laughs) on that front? Because we've got a lot of Canucks, Comets questions to ask you. First of all, Rick, uh, for anybody that is a Comets fan, uh, obviously we are here to serve the Vancouver Canucks by developing players. I highly recommend if you have a Twitter account, you follow him because and there's no disrespect to our Ben Burnells or our Don Libels or guys down here in this market, but just a phenomenal job. It's D-H-A-L-I-W-A-L sports. Follow him. Trust me. Scoop and I talk about you, Rick, all the time. Thank you for joining you us. You know,
1: I appreciate, first of all, you guys asking me to come on. Second of all, you have to remember we're in a Canadian market and hockey here is number one and, and the farm team and the development and, You know, the hockey fan in Canada, it's just not about the team. It's about those kids coming up through the system. It's about what's happening on the farm team. And I got to develop a really good friendship with um, uh, Travis Green the last three, four years. And, you know, Pat Conacher's down there, the assistant GM. He's done a whale of a job as well. And Mm -hmm. Robert Ash is just a top, uh, top, top organization in the American League. You know, it was 12 months ago people were wondering if the Canucks were going to leave Utica and go to that California division in the uh, American Hockey League, because California, for us, is a two-hour flight and makes a lot more sense uh, travel-wise. But the Canucks said no. They said we love Utica, uh, the fans are great, uh, you've got the snow, the cold, the hockey atmosphere. But the, really the big key for Utica is you get to practice more. And when you're in the California division, because the travel is so much, you're always on a flight, it really cuts into your practice time. But I, I do know that the Canucks are absolutely... Uh, they just they think the world at Utica and they just think it's a world-class organization in which it, re- it really is.
0: So you brought up Travis and we're big fans. We we love the job that he did down here, having to get to see him, uh, you know, four, four straight years before being promoted up to Vancouver this year. Uh, what is it about Travis that makes him such a great coach? Uh, we know what our thoughts are, but I want to hear your opinion.
1: Well, it's accountability. He He doesn't, Catered anybody, treats everybody the same, and you know he's called out numerous players this year. And it doesn't matter if you're the top guy, visiting, or if it doesn't matter if you're the fourth liner. It's accountability. You know he just uh, he called out Ben Hutton the other day, made him a healthy scratch, and said, you know what, kid, you're not in shape. Uh, you got to get in shape. You got to have better conditioning. It's his honesty. It's his accountability. But, I mean, he's kind of like, he, he's in Vancouver, he doesn't have a great roster, uh, they're going to miss the playoffs for the third straight year, they're going to have a lottery pick again, he's kind of kind of in a tough spot here, because, you know, it's a rebuild, and he kind of, he had other, he, you know, he, uh, 12 months ago, he was the finalist for the Anaheim Ducks job, and he just lost out to Randy Carlisle, yeah. and obviously that would have been a better team to get. But it's his accountability. It's his honesty. And it's just he's a good hockey coach. He played the game and he's, he's paid his dues, you know, in Portland, or the, the Western Hockey League, and then he went to Utica and then now Vancouver. So he, he's played in the league. He paid his dues uh, coaching-wise the last six, seven, eight years. And now he's in the National Hockey League. And I really believe it is his honesty and it is his accountability. He's not afraid uh, in the media to, to not – I'm not going to say call out players. But if you ask him a question about a certain player and why he's not playing, he will give you an honest answer. That's a big, big, big thing for a, a coach in the Canadian market for sure.
2: Rick, yesterday you tweeted about some of the prospects, and I thought it really crystallized the direction that the Canucks are going. You know, Elias Peterson, I'm going to read your tweet right now. Elias Peterson leads okay. the SHL in scoring, Adam Gaudet leads the NCAA in scoring. Jonathan Dentlin uh, leads Tim in scoring. Cole Lind leads the Kelowna Rockets in scoring. Michael DiPietro, third-best goals against average in the OHL. These are the guys that are probably going to come through Utica and expound on those players a little bit for us.
1: Well, and you guys are going to be the beneficiaries because I'm not sure, but I think most of those guys are going to come through your way. I know that Cole Lind, he just signed with the Canucks. He most likely... We'll start in Utica next year. Jonathan Dallin's a kid that, you know, is ripping it up. But that's the second-tier league in Sweden. I believe Dallin's going to be in Utica. I believe Cole Lind is. D Pietro can't get to you guys for another year. He's got to go back to junior. That's right. Adam Gadet, everybody in Vancouver thinks he's going to. But that step, from where all these guys are, they're just prospects, and the step for them to the NHL is a massive, massive step. I would say to you that most of those guys should go to Utica, learn, and especially the guys playing in, in Europe. The ice in Europe is bigger. Um, there's not much physicality. One thing Utica does, it, it, it teaches you about pro hockey in North America. The ice is smaller. It's way more physical. The players are stronger. Um, in Europe, you know, they don't body check as much. And, and you know after watching the comments, there's game, comments, you know there's games where there's so much physicality. A lot of those kids are going to end up in Utica, and that's okay because very few step out of the NHL draft and go to the NHL. Very few. Even Pedersen is great as he's doing, and, and, and he's had a sensational run, but I think he's 160, 165, 170 pounds you know, soaking wet. He's got a physical maturity. Uh, it wouldn't hurt him to stay in Sweden one more year or go to Utica. Or he might come to camp and he might blow everyone's socks away and make the NHL. We don't know. That's the great thing. You guys had Jake Bertanen, okay, fifth overall pick in the NHL draft. It's that You can go high in the draft, but it doesn't mean squat the year after. you got to go to camp, and you've got to prove it at camp. You know, everyone's talking that the, one of the big stories in Vancouver is Thatcher Demko, should we call him up for a couple of games? Yeah. And a lot of people want him up for a couple. I'm not so sure they Canucks are going to do that with two healthy goalies. So, you know what? The, the the Demko camp is probably saying, you know, throw him a bone. He's a great kid. He's, he's mature beyond his years and let him play a couple of games and then maybe the you know that so that's a big debate up here. Is should that should come up for a couple of games? Yeah, you know what? Throw him a bone, play him a couple of games. But at the end of the day, all these kids have to go to camp. They have to play in preseason games and they have to and Travis is huge on this. You got to earn it. And whether Thatcher comes up for two or games, game, you know, throw him a bone, you know, hey, kid, you're a great kid, great prospect. But at the end of the day, all these kids in Utica have to go to camp. They have to prove it in the preseason. And, and that's the bottom line. So one of the big stories here is, you know, a lot of the fans want Dempco up for a couple of games. And, and right now, I don't know if that's going to happen or not.
0: Rick Dollywild, uh, of course, covers the Canucks and comments for Sportsnet in Vancouver. Joining us on the SportsZilla Show on ESPN, Utica Roman Studio, it's Rain, Matt Page, and Scoop. So, basically, I think that Trent Call is AHL Coach of the Year. You know what? I apologize. Oh. Let's get to that point. I cut off Matt. I know he was waiting for his question. Let's give you that one first. We'll come back to me. Go ahead, Matt.
2: Well, Rick, I was just going to ask you, is there anyone on the Comets roster right now that you truly look forward to seeing next season?
1: Absolutely. Zach McEwen... Uh, 31 points second in the team. Okay, Mm -hmm. so this is a 21-year-old kid played in Quebec in junior. Do you understand how tough it is to go from junior to the American Hockey League? It's a massive step. This kid is 6'4", 212 pounds. This is a kid that the Canucks are very high on. He absolutely blew them away this year. Ryan Johnson, uh, there was a time when I would interview Ryan Johnson uh, every week, and the one name that he consistently brought up was Zach McEwen. And he's got something the Canucks don't have, size and grit and scoring potential. One thing the Canucks absolutely, um, they're too soft. They're one of the softest. And that's why Darren Archibald's up here. And that's why Darren Archibald's a great scorer. I know you guys love Darren Archibald. He can run for mayor here.
0: Yeah, we love the guy down here.
1: He is starting to become a fan favorite here as well, he scored on a penalty shot goal last week. Saw that. Darren Archibald is a guy that the Canucks, uh, the fans, are now saying, sign him to a one or two year deal. Alex got the Bulldog, just got a two year deal. Why can't you give Archibald? But one of the problems in Vancouver is they're a very soft team. They don't have a ton of size and a ton of grit, and that's something they're going to have to address. And but you also you just don't want size and grit. You want size and grit that can play, that can skate, that can produce. Uh, Corey Perry or Ryan Getzlaf, those type of guys are missing in Vancouver right now. But I'll tell you, the two guys, and I, I, Zach McEwen's the guy I want to see how he does in training camp. Okay, that's one. Uh, Darren Archibald, uh, they're going to let him play out the string here. Okay, and I talked to his agent last week. They haven't called yet. They haven't started negotiations. But it doesn't matter. If Archibald doesn't get the deal here, he's doing so well right now that, uh, that he could get a deal in another NHL franchise, the way he's going. So I think when you ask about guys, I mean, obviously, Zach McHugh and Archibald and Demko, those are the three guys that I really, really want to see how they do at training camp.
0: What about what about Ashton Sautner? Just got a, another... He just signed, too. Is he potentially a prospect up there?
1: Yeah, he is. And, and, you know, they wouldn't have signed him if he wasn't. And you know what? But you got Chatfield there. You got Breeze Ball there. You got a lot of young D. But here's the problem in the NHL. You could have a chock full of prospects in the American League. There's not room for everybody. And when the Sedin twins decide to play for 15, 18 years, it holds a lot of kids back. We've had a lot of first round pick forwards that didn't make it here because they couldn't sneak into the top six. And that's the thing about the national hockey league. You have so many guys that play 10, 11 years when they play 10, 11 years, they kind of push, push, and they stop that, you know, and it's tough to make it because these guys are, especially in the top six. And you look at Cody Hodgson. I mean, he can never crack the top six and he eventually he was out, but I will there is the Utica this year. You guys were talking about Trent Call. I'm going to tell you coach of the year, over 100 transactions. Half the East Coast Hockey League has been in your roster this yeah. year, which is amazing. <laughs> you know, and honestly, just for having an East Coast Hockey League guy come up and, and, and on that regularity, and I go to and Boucher in Vancouver, the top two uh, offensive guys. I think Trent Call deserves a lot of votes for coach of the year. I mean, it could have gone south real bad, and you guys had a ton of injuries. And when he was hired, everyone was like, Trent, who, who, who? Nobody can understand who this guy was, but the Canucks did their due diligence, and uh, it looks like the guy uh, they found a good coach in Trent
0: Call. Yeah, he's really respected within the locker room. We host uh, the Comets Insider Show, which airs on Monday nights at 7 o'clock, and every player that walks in, Scoop can attest to this. They have nothing but great things to say, first of all, about... His intuition and reading the game, and making adjustments, and analyzing individual players, uh, but also
2: well, he's also been a good guest as well.
0: Yeah, he's been he's been great yeah. on the air with us, but also transitioning all of that in in the way that he communicates with these players. And everybody says, even Gary Agnew, assistant coach Gary Agnew, has said everybody in the locker room buys in. Well, it struck to what he's me, yeah. Gary, this week talked about how Trent really after a period can come up with these
2: adjustments that really make a big difference for the for the team.
1: Oh, and did you not lose your top defenseman, Philip Holm, too, at the training deadline? So it's just been, like, the American League's all about developing kids. And, yeah, you lose guys like Adolman Boucher in Vancouver, and you got to pick up your socks, and maybe you have to go get an East Coast soccer league guy. But then, you know, you take out your best defenseman, and Philip Holm, And it sounds like to me that he doesn't miss a beat. And, you know, others got to step up. But Philip Holm was leading your team, I think, in power play goals for defensemen and points. And I think Weirkoch is only one point back of him now. That's right. But uh, you know what? Trent Call's done a wonderful job this year. And the other thing that Trent Call does is is he helps out the pro scouts. I mean, if you're looking at another player in the American Hockey League, well, Trent Call, there's probably not many players in the American League that Trent Call hasn't coached against. So, you know what? That's valuable intel from a guy that's been in the American Hockey League for a few years.
0: Yeah, it's really amazing the job uh, to to further this point about what he's done with this depleted roster uh, with injuries and the unprecedented number of injuries and call-ups. But getting, you know, Trent in the same room with Ryan Johnson, who we see that you speak with quite a bit, and, th- and everybody's in- input, including Patty Conacher, who you referenced earlier, uh, these guys have done a phenomenal job. I know uh, Andy Zilch has said, we have definitely basically built the best roster that's possible under these circumstances, and the work that these guys do is unparalleled.
1: Well, look at the uh, transactions. I mean, I, I think Ryan told me a few be- weeks back there was over 100 transactions for an American Hockey League team. That's huge. That's, that's a crazy number. Crazy. You know, and then you got massive injury problems in Vancouver, which means your guys' best players get called up all the time. Right now we got six. In Vancouver, we got six players injured. Four of them are done for the year. That's why Godold and Boucher are, are up here. And, and Boucher, if he goes back down, he's got a clear waiver. So that's another interesting uh, situation as well. But um, you know what? Trent Call, Ryan Johnson, Pat Conacher, there's there's three pretty good hockey guys right there. And and uh, what they've done in Utica this year, especially with the injury, is unbelievable. Unbelievable. When I, when I see all these East Coast Hockey League players up, I, I just I shake my head. I haven't seen a situation like this in, in a long time.
2: Do you see Gary Agnew sticking around the uh, the comment staff for a while, or do you think he'll get a uh, head coaching job at some point?
1: Yeah, you know what? But teams are always looking, right? And that's the thing they pluck. Uh, it's just like Trent Cole was in the Tampa Bay organization, and they probably thought he was going to stick around for another year or two, and then the Canucks called. And in hockey, it's just always an ongoing process. And you know, at the end of the year, every team does their evaluations, and if they need somebody, then they go out and, uh, you know, get permission to talk to other teams. But uh, Agnew is, a, is another good hockey guy, an Ontario guy. And, and you know what, though, right now? I think uh, if that if that Utica coaching staff can come back next year and they can come back healthier and get some of these top prospects from Sweden and, and get an odd Adam Gadet, and and you know what? You guys could have a very, very, very good hockey club next year if – a lot of these young guys end up in your roster.
0: A lot of these prospects. Rick Dollywall is joining us, uh, works with Sportsnet in Vancouver, covers the, Canuck, the Canucks and the Comets as we sit here on the SportsZilla Show on ESPN, Utica Rome. Let's assess the goalie situation. Is is Marky the guy going forward? What do we do with Anders Nilsson? Is Thatcher Demko, and, and I agree with you, by the way, that he needs to stay here and stay in his routine and ride out this playoff run with the Comets. It's invaluable experience at his age. But is is he moving up next year? Is that the plan? Is that what you think they should do? Uh, Assess the goalie situation within the organization.
1: If you go by the old earn it, you got to earn it. And that's what Travis has been really pounding. um, Earn it. You got to earn it. Um, So, you know what? Here's the thing. I don't think the Canucks are super happy with their goaltending. And I think uh, Nielsen, I know there was, there was, some trade talk at the deadline about Nielsen, but I really believe if you're going to move Nielsen, move him at the deadline and move up and make some room for Thatcher. But the thing is, is Thatcher's got to go to training camp. He's got to play the preseason games. But I, I believe, um, as a backup, uh, Thatcher could do it. He could do it in the NHL as a backup play once every four or five games, but that's the thing. Do you want him playing once every five, four or five games, or do you want him in Utica being the number one goal center? And, and, and you know what, uh, that's the biggest question. I mean, do they have the confidence in him to be the backup in Vancouver, and or is he better served to go back to Utica for one more year? There's, there's, there's a lot. I, I just know the Canucks are not happy uh, with the goaltending this year, but it's not all the goalies' fault either. I mean, this is a, this is a, with injuries. Uh, the Vancouver roster sometimes looks like an American Hockey League roster, yeah. and it's you know they're not playing in, be, in front of the best blue line in the NHL, and it's tough on the goalies as well, but. The big question is, uh, is Demko, is he ready? Well, we'll find out at training camp. And uh, he's got to go to camp. He's got to play well in exhibition games. And he's got to earn it that way. And and you know what? He's got he's to earn it. And that's the thing about Travis Green. He doesn't care who, if you knew him in the past or, or whatever. Uh, if you earn it, uh, you're going to be here. Bottom line.
2: Look into your crystal ball and... Tell us what you see with regards to the Vancouver Canucks and the future of the Sedin's.
1: Oh boy, that's uh, the million-dollar question. It's funny, um, Thomas Bannock, at the deadline, you know, before the deadline, before he got traded, he asked the Twins. He said, "Are you guys coming back or not?" And they said, "We, you know, they just won't tell him, and they won't tell anyone." And. In fact, their agent, J.P. Berry, I remember uh, just before the draft saying to J.P., come on, let me know. Are they coming back? He said, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I believe after the season um, they're going to, you know, take a week or two or three and then they'll decide. But here's the problem, okay? Right now they're making $7 million each. Uh, they're still getting 50, 55 points. Uh, but uh, they should be in a third – run at their age, they should be in a third-line role and let, you know, younger guys in the top six develop and grow. Um but some people think they're too slow now for the new NHL. There's just so much speed in the NHL, and there's so many young guys going 100 miles an hour. And so, but it, but who's gonna if, if they lead, who's gonna pick up the 50, you know, 80, 90 points that they just had? Who's gonna do it? You know, I mean, this isn't the most gifted offensive team in the NHL. Who's gonna pick up those? And Vanek took 40 points. So between Vanek and the Twins, there's about 110, 115 points. Who's gonna who's gonna fill up those points for the Canucks? That's a big, big, big question. And do they want to? And, and the Canucks may be looking at another uh, lottery pick next year. Do they want to play their final year in the NHL on a team that probably isn't going to win a lot next year? So there's a lot of variables. But the key is they are not letting anybody know. And I really believe after the season they'll sit down, take a few weeks off, and, uh, take a few weeks off, and make that decision.
2: Uh, talking about Vancouver. Um, do you see them just waiting out and waiting for these prospects to develop, or do you see them going nuts in free agency trying to expedite the process?
1: Uh, they got ripped in the in the market for going after uh, Gagne and uh, Del Zotto and handing them term and money, and it's it's such a fine line—the developing and playing the kids. But if the kids aren't ready, uh, it's just it's, look. Toronto did it right. Um, uh, the New York Rangers, I, I just absolutely uh did it right they sent out a letter to their season ticket holders we're going to rebuild they got uh, a boatload of draft picks and prospects they did it right and 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 i know the rangers have the money now to go on the free agent market on july 1st get a bunch of big names maybe rick nash comes back who, who knows but they did it right toronto stripped it down vancouver never stripped it down and they had pressure from the owner not to strip it down and kind of rebuild and re on the fly. Well, that's tough to do. Uh, re- but I just, the, the, the Maple Leafs and the Rangers are two examples of, of people who did the rebuild right. And you know what, the Canucks, they just didn't, they didn't strip it down like they should have three years ago. And now it, it's, it's it's so easy to say, and, and Travis Green hits on this note all the time, it's so easy to say play the prospects and the kids, but if they're not ready, you can't just throw them out there. You can't. And you just can't. And then and, and and so and Travis Green doesn't want a roster with fifteen prospects in it. I mean, he's trying to win. He's trying to win in the NHL. So it's a fine line, uh of playing the prospects. It's easy to say, but it's harder to do.
0: Rick, we're gonna keep you for just a minute or two longer. There is no there is some a- animosity or anger in the fan base and you talk about that and, and the team getting ripped, but uh, let's talk about the structure with, you know, Trevor, for example, and Jim Benning. In your opinion, are they do they they clearly haven't necessarily done this the right way over the past few years, or at least not the way that you would have? I'm a Rangers fan, um, you know, since birth, and I agree with you 100%. The way that they've gone about, or oh, Toronto's another great example. Is is there going to come a point where are they going to suffer through another season or two and then have to do it anyways? Or, or what do you think on no, that? No,
1: no. They're a year or two. They're a year or two into this rebuild, and they're they are going to suffer. This ain't over yet. They're, they're going to have a tough year next year as well, because they got to wait for these young kids. and And Toronto lucked out. They got Matthews, Nylander, and and you know Marner, three unbelievable talents who played in the league at eighteen, nineteen, twenty. That's so hard to do. Yeah. And you know it's so. And the Canucks never got that eighteen, nineteen. Other than Besser. But Besser's a little older. He's 21. But they never got those young kids. And in Winnipeg, they got uh, Line A, Ellers. And, and they got these young kids who came in and were difference makers. And the Canucks draft picks, other than Besser and, and Horvat, they're still looking at, at, at so those difference makers at 18, 19, 20. And that's the key. Anytime you've got a kid going in the top five, you want them to be a difference maker. And that's uh, that's where they never got the luck of the Winnipeg Jets or the Leafs but uh, the Rangers, they did it right. The Leafs did it right. Vancouver is going to have to. Everyone thinks another two, three years maybe, and before they start uh, slowly turning it around. So, but the, the the big thing for you guys in Utica is you're going to see a lot of good young talent come through that city, and you're going to see a lot of young kids with huge potential. But we've had a ton of you know since 1970. You know, we've had a ton of first-round picks come through here that didn't make it. And, and and going in the first round of the NHL draft doesn't guarantee you success. you still got to work hard, and you still got to develop and grow. And that's what Utica's there for, is these young kids to, to grow and develop and take that next step. And, you know, when you see in Vancouver, when you see a kid go through Utica and they come here, that's when the system works. And, you know, and that's what uh, Vancouver wants to see more of is – and you know if Thatcher Demko becomes a starting goaltender in the NHL, well, we know where it started, and it started in Utica, and that's what that, and that's why the one thing the Canucks, is, as much as they've suffered up here, uh, they don't have much to complain about in Utica. It's it's been a good association and a partnership, and hopefully that partnership keeps going for a few more years.
0: Well, you have definitely eased the minds of a lot of fans that get nervous because you hear the rumbles and the rumors down here in Utica. Rick Dollywall, thank you so much for your time. We obviously cleared out a nice chunky segment for you to talk Comets and (laughs) Canucks with us today. Uh, We've been looking forward to talking to you for a while. You have a great Twitter feed. We're going to pump that out on ours at ESPN Sportsilla. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll reach out again soon. Stick taps to you, sir. Anytime. Thank you very much. Scoop, yeah. Matt Rain, the Sportzilla Show. We're going to take care of the podcast. Matt will get it up there and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Everybody take a nap at CSPN, Utica, Rome.